You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Bridget and Scott, we have a couple of Bruins games to get to. We also have a guest on the podcast today, Peter Sibner from Elite Prospects, thanks to, thanks to Bridget. And there's definitely some good conversation there regarding uh, world juniors, prospects, and just the landscape of of you know the amateur hockey player in general. Cutter Gautier, because that's the hot that's that's the hot topic. Like mm-hmm. you don't know how many places I've seen that, especially because he's from BC. So I've been hearing from some well, people. You know what's you know what's funny is I was I I don't know why, but for some reason I was on the Philadelphia Flyers um, roster like yesterday because uh, there's a uh, you remember Riley Riley Cote Riley Cody. Cote for the Flyers is like an enforcer. He has a yeah. he has a he has a podcast um that just pops up in my in my YouTube algorithm sometimes and they have like good guests on and Craig um Craig Barube was on and they were just talking about certain players in the Flyers roster and so I went to their roster and I saw Jimmy Jamie Drysdale. I'm like, what? When the hell did Jimmy Drysdale play for the go, go to the Flyers? And then that's how I realized so I Googled it and that's when I saw the breaking news. Um but yeah. Yeah, it was, so we, I, was, we, I was on Twitter when that broke, and it was like it's just one crazy thing after another because I think that came down like I think all the night's games had already started Monday night, so everyone's kind of already in like game coverage. All the hockey people are on Twitter, and all of a sudden you get like Keith Jones is on like does a podcast appearance mid game, and John Tortorella comments after the game and says he doesn't know Gautier from a hole in the wall. And it's like, it was just one crazy development after another. You had that same podcast guy, Anthony, um, why am I blanking on his name? Uh, Knuckles or something? Or? Crossing Broad. Nasty. Crossing broad. Um, but like he says, Kevin, uh, yeah, Kevin Hayes' fingerprints are all over it. And Kevin Hayes the next day gets asked about it and like says it's bullshit and saying like the guy doesn't have a brain and all this and it's like oh i didn't hear that this has gone so many directions and like just so crazy but also for 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 gothier like this was in the wake of um the the world junior gold medal game where you know sweden was getting thrown fits at the end of the game and people are somehow saying team usa is classless and then there's the handshake line of of cutter gothier like kind of looks like he was talking trash to one of the players so it was just kind of like a perfect storm of like headlines with this player seemed happy at the time but i uh, yeah i guess i guess things soured we we do get into that a little bit more uh with peter sibner it is kind of an interesting conversation to talk about because of just how horribly it flamed out and like how the bridge is all the way gone like it didn't even exist uh it it's one of the worst like fallouts i've seen and i can't blame him if he didn't want to play well, for John Tortorella. I'm sorry. Like I I don't know how many people that are that age want to go play for John Tortorella. 
Well, sh- you know, sh- shame on us too, because like for the last year and a half, we've been talking two years about how, what are the Bruins going to do when, when Bergeron and Krejci retire up the middle? Like they don't have any high draft picks to draft a center. We took, we completely ignored the fact that somebody could get drafted by another team and just want to play for the Bruins. Right. <laughs> so. Yeah. Just, just get in their ear, have someone call them up and be like, you don't want to play there. You don't want to play there. <laughs> Force you know? a team to trade you. Right. You know? Yeah. Macklin Celebrini coming to Boston. Now that is only, that's only applicable to NCAA players that are drafted, not like junior Canadian junior players. Is there a difference there? I, I hear like people preface this with like, NCAA players like have this chance, but maybe not. No, I think I think anyone could. I mean, the I think the only thing that's different for NCAA players is they could wait out the four years post draft if they played four full years in college and then hit free agency. That's different. But something like Gautier, like in theory, and 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 we talked yeah. about a little bit with Peter, like any player could just be like, I don't want to play for the team that drafted me, and you know if if we see kind of player empowerment movements in other sports, you know, basketball, football, where players have more of a say over kind of where they go and have taken on more power that way. And it's possible like that comes to hockey or maybe at least a few cases here and there. And I guess, you know, it's something that teams are going to have to be aware of. Like obviously make sure you do your, your homework ahead of time and make sure a player actually wants to play for you if you, if you draft them. So not not that that's necessarily what happened here, because I think, it, you know, Gautier said it as Bridget reference, like for a, a while, it seemed like he was happy to be drafted by the by the Flyers. So but obviously when when sour somewhere, I'm going to I'm I, I was a little bit skeptical if there was something going on for before this happened, though, because um, he's the kind of player that you could have he could have been one and done in college. And I always just assumed he wanted to stick around because he thought they have a good chance of winning the national title this year with all the new prospects coming in, like some of the other kids that played for Team USA that are really good. And I'm thinking, oh, he just wants to make like a super team, win a college title. And it kind of made sense to me, but I was like, yeah, the Flyers probably could have used them. I mean, the Flyers need help. Uh, they're not they're, they're not the best. You, I kind of thought, oh, you know, you got this high number five overall prospect. You're going to... You're going to want to bring him in, uh, get him acclimated to the pros like sooner than later. And then I was like, oh, but he's staying at BC. That's kind of odd. Uh, and I, I now we know that that's probably a big factor. Yeah. And if you if you read or, or listen to like Elliot Friedman's reporting around this, it, it seems like something did happen at the end of last season. And Elliot has sort of said like he, he can't quite pin down exactly what it was, but it seems like there was some sort of either, I don't know, miscommunication or misunderstanding around whether he was going to sign or whether what they were going to offer him or like, like Elliot's been all around, like something happened at the end of last season that kind of changed things. The, the I'm other on the case, guys. I'm on the case. I will the, find this out. The other, have the other detail that put, put my mind into a pretzel was uh, when I was like, when I was, when I saw Jimmy Drysdale's name on the Flyers roster, I was like, "What the hell is? What is this all about?" Then I Google, like, when, like, when did Drysdale like? Did he get traded in the offseason? I wasn't paying attention, and I see that it was like literally twelve hours ago, and it says um, Cutter Cutter Gauthier uh, t- with the Team USA pictures, and I so I, I researched him a little bit, and it says he's born in Sweden, 
I'm like, but he was playing for. I'm like, what? I'm so so confused. <laughs> he he is Swedish born. Um, yeah, because his dad was playing in Sweden at the, at the yeah. But um, yeah, so that's a good story to follow. It's it's fascinating when something goes against the grain like that. Um, also, but. yeah. Also, if people are now interested in Cutter Gauthier and tune in to watch BC games, he's been centering a line with two Bruins prospects. His wings have been Oscar Jelvik and Andre Gasso. So uh, even go. even more reason to watch. Speaking of the Bruins, we do have about just over 20 minutes remaining for this episode. So why don't we jump into the opening shifts? And Scott, we'll start with you. Yeah, well, it's it's been a, a tough two games for the Bruins, not just because they lost to Colorado and Arizona, both uh, 4-3 losses, Colorado in a shootout, Arizona in, in overtime. So they get a point, but the injury bug has struck, and uh, yeah, Bridge is going to touch on this as well. But I'll start with the, the big one, which is Lena Salmark uh, leaving Tuesday night's game in overtime after uh, trying to make a save um on logan cooley sort of he's going down but at the same time reaching up and kind of goes into the splits a little and doesn't get up just lays on the ice clearly in pain they had to stop play he needed help getting off he wasn't wasn't pushing off at all he was just being held and kind of gliding all the ways to the bench and then needed help getting down the tunnels so doesn't look good. There's there's no update after the game from Jim Montgomery. There almost there probably won't be one on Wednesday because the Bruins are completely off. It's a travel day to Las Vegas for them. Uh, so the earliest we'll probably hear anything is Thursday's morning skate. I'm assuming there's going to be a goalie called up. It did not seem like something that you know Almar's going to be recovered from by Thursday. But obviously we're we're awaiting word on the. Severity, and I know you know we're going to get more into what their options are, what things look like if if he's out longer term. But uh, you know, for now, all we know is that he left the ice in quite a bit of pain, and uh, you know, Bruins might have to call someone up here. It wasn't great to see him not even striding on his own, just like kind of being guided over. And uh, you 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 know you you watch that one play, and it's in overtime, and it's like. All right, if if Pasternak would have scored on that breakaway, Allmark leaves the game and that that play never happens. And you, you kind of think about like the Bruins needing to finish games early because it does put stress on your players. And, you know, it, you you give yourself more time to get injured. And we saw that happen in overtime with Allmark. Yeah. Um, Charlie Coyle absolutely robbed like towards the end of regulation, too. Yeah, the, there was chances to end it in regulation. There was chances for not to make it that far. And you see what happens. Um, very unfortunate. Obviously, you can't predict that. But you play more hockey, you have more time that you could get injured. And that one was a little bit fluky. But sometimes those ones that seem like they come out of nowhere that look like a regular play, those can sometimes be the worst ones. Uh, and it looked really not good. Um, so we will keep you posted on that. But um, first thought was like, oh, my God, that could be the season. Um, and then if that's a season for him, what does that mean for the Bruins? Is that the season for the Bruins? You know, you don't it, – it's it shouldn't it, it's be when you have loss. When you have another number one goalie, it shouldn't be. Yeah, They're in a better position than other teams. To, to go to my opening shift, you lost three really important players over the last three days, right? You lose you, – you potentially lose a goalie for we don't know how long. You lose Brendan Carlo, who's been probably your best defenseman this year. Uh, he's, he, we're still waiting on an update for how long he'll be out, but he missed, uh, last night's game. 
and against Arizona and Matt Potter goes down, uh, which is a center. And those are all three really important positions for you to, to not have injuries start coming. Uh, so you get one, you know, one goalie, one defenseman, one forward in the last two games, all going down. And, and the same thing as what Scott said for Allmark, we do not have an update on Potter and probably will not until Thursday once again, but he fell this one was also not like a huge hit or anything like that. He just braced himself and he landed on the ice with his right arm first and it just like jammed or something. And he went to the bench, was in a lot of pain. You could see Nesson showed it um, like his facial expression when the trainers were talking to him. And then eventually a minute or two after trying to like shake it off on the bench, he goes down the tunnel, doesn't come back. Uh, so those are, those are three big, big pieces that if they're long-term, injuries um there's this it's going to put a lot of pressure on the Bruins and different players to step up so for me in recent weeks recent episodes we've been talking about the fourth line and there's a lack of identity and historically in the NHL any successful team um you have a fourth line that has some size some physicality some grit can score um and defensively reliable Uh, but I don't, the Bruins don't really have that right now. And if, and you, you, you just, you can't force something to happen if you don't have the personnel. So maybe you try to find an identity that caters to what you do have in the system. And recently they've been going with, um, they call up Jesper Boquist. And in the most recent game, you had Jesper Boquist centering Johnny Beecher and Danton Heinen. So because the Bruins don't have, and, and the game's changing also, but because the Bruins don't have, you know, the, the Merlot line of old. They don't have that personnel. Lauko's not it. Steen's not it. Well, how about a fourth line identity of speed, uh, reliability, and an opportunity to actually produce offense for them? And I think Boquist, Beecher, and Heinen could provide that. Um, the fourth line has two goals in the last two games. I know the, the Colorado game, Steen was in there. But Johnny Beecher scores against um, Colorado. Yes, for Boquist scores in transition on a nice shot against the Coyotes. And I, I kind of want to see them keep that threesome together for a little bit here. I know Matt Potter goes down with an injury, so it might cause a ripple effect, but I see that as an opportunity to, to maybe potentially recall Merkulov if 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 they want to maybe kind of pound for pound replace what Potter might be able to bring. Because um, I, I kind of want to see a fourth line form an identity, and I think that I kind of like what I'm seeing with those three last night. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Like, I feel like for Thursday, it – Probably makes more sense to just kind of plug someone back in, move Heinen up to the third line. Frederick shifts to to center, but certainly if, if Patra is going to be a longer term thing, and again we don't know anything yet, but he was in quite a bit of pain as well. Um, yeah, it could definitely be an opportunity to bring Merkulov up, but obviously the question there is: Are they going going to use him more and give him more minutes than? he got during this most recent call-up because it doesn't do a whole lot of good to call him up, throw him on the fourth line, give him six, seven minutes a game. So... When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, if they were going to plug him right into Patra's spot on the third line and then still keep Heinen on the fourth line, I would like that. Um, we'll have to see if that's kind of in the cards here. Um, but yeah, it's a lot of decisions coming up for the Bruins with, with these injuries. Uh, we should note Brandon Carlo. Montgomery said he's day-to-day. He's still on the trip. Uh, they have not called up another defenseman yet. It was, you know, Mason Lorai has recovered from all his dental work and was back in there Tuesday night. So they have, you know, they, they're six for now, even if Carlo misses another game or two. Um, but yeah, up front, certainly if Padre misses time, things change. And in goal, obviously if all marks out, you're calling up most likely Brennan Bussey, although Michael DiPietro is is also an option. DiPietro has slightly better numbers in Providence this year and has played three NHL games. Now the last one, one was like two years ago uh, when he was in Vancouver, but but Bussey got called up for a game earlier this year, served as a backup when Jeremy Swain was sick, uh, has not made his NHL debut yet, but you'd have to imagine that if Allmark misses more than a few games at some point, if he's the call up, he'll make his debut because you're not going to, I don't, you know, I don't think they're going to all of a sudden turn Jeremy Swayman into like a true every game workhorse. He'll start more than 50% if Allmark misses time but it might be, you know, two out of every three or something like that. I feel like, yeah, Brennan Bussey, remember when he was, there was one preseason game where he was lights out. And I think that was probably the first time a lot of people learned who he was. Uh, And people were like, oh, wow, trade a goalie right now. He's great. Like it was like some overreaction to how well he played in the preseason game. Uh, I'd like to see him be the call-up. I'd like to see him and Swayman go back and forth. I think there's probably a lot he could learn from the experience. Um, I know he doesn't have any NHL experience yet, so maybe get him some, uh, play him against some teams that I want to look at the upcoming schedule. Is there any teams like you'd see as like a natural place to get a, like a rookie goalie in? Uh, I'm going to try to find it, but Brendan Bussey, just throw them in Thursday night on the road against the defending cup champs. Good right idea. Good. Great <laughs> idea. You probably can't even get to Vegas that fast. <laughs> I don't know where, where Providence is playing if they're at home, if they're not, but the, yeah, they're, they're home. Yeah. They're home all week. So. Kind of a far, far trip, but yeah. you know, I think there's a direct flight from Providence to Vegas. Uh, oh yeah. Some of these games, uh, maybe throw them in against the Canadians at home. I don't know. <laughs> um, maybe that's your best bet. Cause this is a few, Tough games coming up. Jets, Avs, Knights, like you said, Devils, uh, maybe the Canadians. Well, but you're gonna have to trust him to play more than just the easy games. Uh, I sh- I know to to get right to the point, like he's gonna have to play if if Allmark is indeed out for a long time, which I just have a really bad feeling about. Um, then he's gonna have to get into some of those games. Yeah, and, and look, if if Allmark is out for quite some time, I mean, I understand that the goalie platoon is something that a lot of people enjoy, and that's maybe their opinions on that change if the other part of the platoon isn't Allmark. Um, but I think we all here understand that life after Allmark in Boston is Swayman. And as long as Allmark is, is – as long as he's here and healthy, it seems that the Bruins will be doing that 50-50 split. But eventually, Swayman's going to have to get used to probably a more traditional – 
you know, one a uh, share of the games like most other goalies in the NHL have to do. Um, so maybe it's not a bad time for him to start to play the majority of games here to see what life is like after Omar and 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 um, have more of the workload. Um, I do think that this injury opens up a lot of storylines for for talking heads around Boston um, because it does threaten the 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 goalie rotation that um, is very polarizing and. Uh, so yeah, I'm sure there's going to be some people that will, um, inhumanely say, good, good. I'm glad all Mark's injured because now we get to see swim in the whole playoffs. Obviously I'm, I'm being facetious, but nobody actually wishes harm, but people will be like, now I get to see what I wanted to see all along. Um, and some people are, are brutal with goalies for whatever yeah. reason. It's, it's not just these two it's like Tuka was a very polarizing person for, well, we used to have callers that I used to absolutely just hit my mm -hmm. head against the wall when they called and because it was just like so much hate for Tuca for no reason. But um, yeah, it's it, obviously they're better. They're a better team with Allmark healthy and available than with him out of the lineup. Now the question is just how much does it affect their record from now until the end of the season? If, if it is, you know, God forbid if it is a season ending injury how much does that change? How many points they're adding? Like you have to think that he's good enough. He's good enough to, to win you a few more games than you might win now. Um, because you know, Swayman's going to be more taxed and it just been working for not just this year, past years. So like how, how much does that affect where you end up in the standings by the end of the season is really the question. Yeah. I mean, want to slow, slow down a little bit on season ending. Like, not we're not there. I yet. know, but Scott, it looked like a groin injury. It looked bad. Well, so yeah, but I mean, like there's there's so many different levels of even if it is a groin or hit, like there's goalies who miss a month with a groin injury and then come that back. would be like, probably that would be you know, people would be happy with that. That that's not too or, bad. Or there like, or there's little strains where you miss two games in your back, like it, it, we yeah, but so, that. but so, and if, but if you don't recover well enough, then you re-injure it and then you're, or you're in the playoffs and all of a sudden you're not hundred percent, you're 80% and then they're right where they were last year. No, I know. And they're, was... they're going to, they're going to be safe. Like, obviously they're not going to rush them back, but yeah. Um, yeah. I'm just, I'm not jumping to the worst case scenario. I mean, most teams they, don't they even might be done for the year. Most teams don't even have, well, I shouldn't say most, but a lot of teams don't even have a number one goalie. The Bruins have two. So, you know, as far as like nobody here is screaming season ending uh, injury for the Bruins, they still have a number one goalie. Um, but to your point, Bridget, like I do think goaltending in general, and that includes all Mark 50% of the time, they have bailed out the Bruins a lot this year. The Bruins have been out chance in a lot of games, out shot in a lot of games. So while they still have a number one goalie, and that's what most teams at best have. Um, they're going to have to shore up defensively in front of Bussy because you can't expect the same performance out of him. And, yeah, and and Swayman too. Like if if Swayman's playing more and being taxed more, you know that the the Bruins have had the luxury of hey, they just alternate goalies every night. The goalie's always fresh. He's always on top of his game. He's never eighty five percent. Like they've had that luxury, and I think that can kind of creep into the mindset of even though they know they're giving up too many high, high danger chances, too many odd man rushes in particular. 
like they there is that feeling of well we have like the ultimate security blanket and even yeah the games that Bussy plays like that's one thing that's obvious you know you're gonna have to clean things up but even Swayman playing more of a you know bigger workload like that should also kind of jolt guys into hey let's make sure we're actually doing our job in front of them because you know hey he's he's not going to be 100 fresh every game he's you know, if he starts three in a row, he might be a little tired in that third game. Like, there should be that awareness. The goaltending has lifted up the rest of the team so much this season and is the biggest reason they, you know, have one of the best records in the league. There should be sort of a a, a mind, the team-wide mindset of, okay, now we have to lift up the goaltending. Like, now they they need our help. So you would hope that guys are kind of, kind of feel that way if, if all Mark's going to be out for a little bit. And it definitely wasn't an ideal situation to have Swayman sit the entire game and then come in with two twenty left in <laughs> overtime and try to try to go from being completely cold to, to trying to steal you another point. Uh, so that wasn't ideal. Obviously the Bruins end up losing that, but uh, with a very weird overtime, Pasternak had two chances to end it on breakaways. Uh, they, he almost always does too. You're like, oh, okay, this is it. And then it's like, no, okay. Uh, oh no, this is it. Nope. All right. Uh, didn't end up. I was like, oh, it's gonna, it's gonna go to the shootout. Nope. Uh, so just a weird, weird overtime. And of course it happened at like midnight because the game started at 9 PM. So some people probably woke up this morning and watched the end and were horrified by, you know, the, the injuries and, and, you know, the result that it was an overtime loss, yeah. but including Scott, yeah, because what, he lost power. I was going to say, yeah, people like me, because I <laughs> lost power that we got hit with a random wintry mixed storm and tons of wind. Uh, we got, up, I mean, you're in, Lowell, so. yeah, you're in um, Northern mass. You guys got whacked with it. We, we got, it's like, it was like 52 degrees, but like this horrible rain and flooding and, and down near where I live. So I know people today are, you know, probably still dealing with some of the effects of that storm. We've, yeah. got, we've gotten hit a few times this week. You know what I will say though, that, so I, I listened to the rest of the game on, on the radio um, because I could still do that at least. And then when I watched it this morning, Wednesday morning, um, because I knew the injury was coming, maybe I paid a little more attention. And there, in the third period, Allmark made like a very acrobatic split save. And then like maybe a minute or two after that, there was a play where I was like, I, I wouldn't have noticed it in real time just watching live, but I kind of thought to myself, like, is he getting up a little slow there? And it was, it was hard to tell if like, because there was a whistle, he was just taking his time or if he was actually maybe already dealing with something, but it's, it stood out like knowing that there was, you know, more serious injury coming. So I kind of, I kind of wonder if maybe he might've tweaked something earlier, thought he was fine. And then, you know, obviously tweaked it worse uh, the second time in overtime. I know, Scott, you got to get out of here soon. Is there anything else you want to talk about before we we send it over to our um, conversation with Peter Ebner? Yeah, I, I think I think we have to touch on the David Pasternak discussion. Off oh, my of Monday, God. Off of Monday night. What was that all about? Uh, this, this is insane. Like, I can't believe this blew up as much as it did. <laughs> I so, couldn't believe it. So, pa- look, Pasternak had an off game Monday night. 
absolutely. Like even during the game, he just he seemed, you know, Brick mentioned on the broadcast a couple of times, Jaffe and Razor post game said it like for whatever reason, he just seems to be fighting the puck. He lost it a couple of times on turnovers, bobbling it, mishandled a couple of passes. It happens. And then you go to the shootout and he has, if you strip it of all context, yes, it looks like a very lazy shootout attempt where he just moves in slow and fires five hole right at the goalie stick. Like, but people that I would expect or hope better from calling it lazy, saying like he wasn't trying or he didn't care. He should be benched. He should be suspended by the team for a game is unbelievably embarrassing. Like those people should be so embarrassed today because if you David Posenak before Monday night was three for three this season on shootouts and, and penalty shots. Only one of them did he deke. The other two, what did he do? He came in slow, hit his shot, and did that slingshot snapper off the hip that we've talked about that everyone marveled over at. How is he shooting that so hard? He took the same approach on this shot, and clearly what he was trying to do was hoping that the goalie, Alexander Georgiev, was going to expect that slingshot move, and he tried to quick release five hole, catch him off guard. It didn't work. Credit to Georgiev. He he saw her come in and closed the five hole. But it's like like the idea that Pasenak doesn't care about winning or like didn't want to score there or just like threw away a shot. It's like, wh- what are we doing, guys? Like, who are we to judge the like one of the best to ever? do the shootout like i'm I just you have you gotta you gotta trust that he knew what he was doing there i don't think he's the kind of player that's like yeah i'm just gonna take this one off there's <laughs> there's 8.7 billion people in this world david pashnak is one of the top three in the world at scoring hockey goals you don't get to that level by not enjoy scoring goals and wanting to score goals scott you nailed it he was trying to throw the goalie off pace knowing that the goalie was expecting one of those you know, rifles and, you know, had it gone in on the five hole, which by the way, Pete, one of the most common moves in the NHL is like when players come like forehand, backhand and just barely slide it through the five hole, at like a mile an hour. Kind of like a no move. Kind yeah. Of so like if that puck goes in, everybody's tweeting out pasta emojis. Um, but, <laughs> and, and, oh my God, he's so genius for, for, for changing up the, the, the pace of his shot. Um, but yeah, Scott, I want you to text me offline some of these names because I didn't see this, so I'm curious who should be embarrassed. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I there's a certain a certain big name afternoon show host on a different sports radio station. Oh no, probably, he would never. Yeah, he would never say that. He's Got always it. so level-headed and. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, yeah, I also agree that that was that was a crazy story i can't believe after all that that kid has done for the team in the last i mean 10 years really but the last two years it's like crawl back in your holes 